Have you been in this room before? I don't think so. There's a lot, a lot going on in here. This is hot Jupiter sounds, hot right? Jupiter sounds with it's the new computer cute. and new uh, a giant screen. screen, giant yeah. screen, and new setup as of four days ago. Very nice. So, Steph Purcell, what is going on? You're in the studio with us here on episode number something or other. I 26. Don't know. 26? Yeah. Oh, good. Still going. So, h- how are you doing? How has your summer been? I know at the start you were very busy, mm-hmm. and then you found a little groove to relax. Yeah, and... I got a groove to relax, and then I finally got to, to Hubbard's for our big uh, Matt Mays Shore Club week, which was awesome. That's a, a big thing for you. It is, yeah. yeah. How many years now has this been a tradition? Yeah, I think this is the, I think this was the eighth year, and uh, we've been renting cottages. I think for seven years. I like how we were. We asked, "How was your summer?" Well, I got down to Hubbard's for Matt Mays. <laughs> <laughs> the very last week of August. I know. The rest is just a uh, <sighs> forgotten, yeah, blur. Yeah, I did get to do a lot of things this summer. But I squeezed it all in through a lot of work. And that's why it was nice just though to have like a week of like just totally unplugged, no email, no, yeah. I didn't check my voicemail, like nothing. I just enjoyed the people around me and, you know. And we were talking earlier. So someone else had made the comment about you just knowing how to enjoy your life. <laughs> and I think part of that is because you're, you're self employed and you, you work when you have to, and you find the time to to spend a couple weeks in Hubbard's at the Shore Club watching shows and hanging out with friends. Yeah, exactly. Um, how, uh, well, first off, tell tell everyone what, what you do. and uh... So I own a company called Vox Management Agency, and we are a management agency, and essentially the core of our business is we book talent for corporate and special events. And then we also manage some aspects of um, talent for, you know, careers, essentially, yeah. as well. Yeah, and we've benefited from your business and expertise yeah, ourselves. I've booked you guys so, before. Highly yeah. recommend. We'll yeah. start there. <laughs> <laughs> and you, before you started Vox, you were working with a company doing kind of the same thing and decided yes. to go out on your own. Yeah. What, uh, what made you do that? Oh, my. Well, I think that that was something that I wanted for myself for a long time was to own my own company. And, um, you know, I had a lot of freedom in the company that I worked in before and I loved it. But at some point you just you realize there's things you want to do in your life and you kind of got to pull the trigger at some point in time and just go do them. Was that what led you to make that decision? Because I know I mean, I went through this myself, but so many people are st- stuck, I'll say, in kind of a more rigid structure of work, wishing maybe they had X, Y, Z. Was it like you had this desire? Was there fear around it? Like, what was it about the life that you wanted? And how did you go about getting the courage to take that step? I think, you know, you just meet certain people along the way and you talk about, you know, your lives and what you want from it and you know people kind of sometimes they give give their perception of of you and you listen to that and you kind of take that all in and and it was something I always wanted my own company like I grew up my I grew up in kind of an entrepreneurial family my grandfather was had his own business and he was a very adventurous entrepreneur and um you know something I always kind of felt like was in my blood and I think also I, I'm a very independent person. And while I had a lot of freedom, I wanted more freedom. Yeah. I wanted to be able to spend, if I wanted to go to the beach on a Wednesday, I could just go. I didn't yeah. want to have to really answer to anybody. Like, obviously, you have to be responsible with your clients and make sure you're getting things done if you want to survive as a company. But I really, I think it was more of the freedom and independence of just doing what I wanted to do was really the launching pad of what made me just do it. And I did it pretty quick, like all in. Yeah. And I basically like pressed stop and like quit my job and started a business yeah. like the next month. It's been from an onlooker's perspective, it's been a wild ride for you <laughs> and just growth. 
Like I see progress and success, um, fine tuning of things. Do you feel like you have the freedom that you were looking for from the outset? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I like I like no looking back, like wouldn't recommend the way I did it because like I didn't have savings. I didn't. I just was like, I just realized like it didn't take me very long. It was a matter of like a couple months of like, oh, am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, I'm doing this and just did it. And it was it came as a bit of a shock. <laughs> and, you know, but I had support, you know, from that company because they understood. And then I just I just did it. And I also had like some really good like advisors in my life that I went to them and said, I'm doing this. And they, you know, they kind of helped me along, gave me some really good insight and recommendations. And and I, that really was, I think, what helped get me the structure that I really needed, which I think is I think people need like business advisors and coaches in their life. Yeah, I'm so glad you raised that point because you've been that person for me. Maybe not <laughs> knowingly all along, but <laughs> I've been reaching out to you for years now, no, really. I just yeah. I don't know. I think just watching you, watching your approach. It's you you show up with confidence and professionalism and everything is just tight and I knew that you would be honest with me and mm -hmm. give me straight answers which you have all along and it's only been in the last maybe six months. Like, hey, Steph, like you're my mentor, right? <laughs> I love like that. you're cool with that. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Very cool with that. I love to help people and answer questions and talk about it. I love the world of business anyway. So I love being able to talk to people about that and encourage them that they can do this sort of thing, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's really important to have is people to reach out to. And I've always for years encouraged people to reach out to me and and I do that with other people. And I have a coach that I I call her. Like if I hit like a big goal or big milestone or surpass something, like I'll just call her out of the boom. Like, guess what I did today? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just the, you feel the success because, you know, it's like just, you know, you reach a goal. And then when you hear how they're so impressed, because like they've, you know, some of my mentors have done like some pretty big, big things, you know, and they've achieved a lot of success. So, you know, like to get those wins and like surpass goals that you want, it's like it's very exciting. Yeah. And to share it with someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How important do you think it is to go all in on something like you? You left this job to start your own without savings, without any backup plan. It was just like, I'm going head first and I have a vision and I'm going to create this. Because I know as a musician, I kind of feel like that's what a lot of artists do and i guess when we really look at it musicians and artists are entrepreneurs in their own way their mm -hmm. their business is their creation but I, I i feel like it's you can't have a foot in one door and out the other right like or yeah. whatever the thing is um i think that you need to just pick that goal and go for it and it seems like that's what you've done yeah for sure like you really just I people I say like you go narrow and deep like you just got you got to go all in if you want to be successful if you want to like yeah. not have to have a, another job or you yeah. know not that success is not having another job but you know if you want to be like you know hit those kind of goals if you want to create something you you got to kind of go all in if if that's the goal of what you're trying to do yeah. right this is interesting to me though because while I agree with both of you that that's necessary. Like you, Steph, I was on the pursuit of more freedom. And to me, that kind of meant not trying so hard. So I wonder if like all in maybe is just whatever that means to you. Or does it mean working a lot or like what does all in look like? I think it's focus. And when when you were working a government job and being an artist, like you're not all in on being an artist. Yeah. Right. And that's that's not a bad thing. Like, you could have stayed there another thirty years and still been a successful artist. Mm -hmm. But there is something about when, like Steph said, like she she went for it and didn't have a backup plan. So you have to, you have to have success with. It. You have to do all the things that bring bring you what 
the 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 good that you want. So because you don't have the the other part to rely on. And my all in was the goal of having a business that I was working in full time and that I would be building a team of people as well. Mm-hmm. So you can't go all it you, you can't go half in on that because mm-hmm. you can't have a full time company and only be half in, you yeah. know, and you can't grow a team and still only be half in like you yeah. got to. I think that the all in depends on what's the level that you need are you trying to get to. Yeah. You know. Does every week look the same or look different? For no, you? my God, every day is <laughs> every honestly second. every phone Where am call. I? <laughs> yeah, every phone call yeah. is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on the phone helping somebody like throw a party, and the next call is you know it's a refugee organization that is wants you know Tarek to speak, and you know you hear all this you know like background about you know struggles of different things in the refugee community and. You know, then the next phone call is, you know, just working on a completely different project or planning an event or something like that. And you work with such a diverse group of people. And for instance, you work with Kristen, who's a painter, with Mm -hmm. with me, who's a musician, Tarek, who is Peace by Chocolate. And Mm -hmm. maybe tell, it'd be awesome to have him on at some point, but but his story and his family story is pretty darn amazing yes i mean honestly it is a wild ride like that i started working with Tarek and his family in 2017 which is very early days of their company they you know they started their business in 2016 and uh i absolutely love it like there is so much going on like there's days there's people i'm on the phone with there's you know things that we're doing and countries that are calling us to like book him for you know can he come to paris can he come to copenhagen can he go to jamaica like and you're <laughs> like you just some days you got the phone just you're like you can't make this up like yeah this is incredible there's a book about the family there's a movie about the family there's every time i turn around there's this new exciting thing yeah. that we're how did you get on. connected with them in the first place so i uh when i started when i talk about coaching so i had a friend um two friends who had they had started like a entrepreneurship like training program essentially as part of their business and uh there was like 10 of us in this program and you met every month and you went went through like a different sector of your business whether it was like accounting or hr or marketing and you know, different themes. And one of the other guys in the company, his name is Neil Steven. He owned a marketing agency and it was very small at the time. Now he's grown. He's got like, I'm going to say he's probably got 15 employees at this point in time. And he started volunteering his time with Peace by Chocolate because his family was from the Antigonish area. And he and I were in this entrepreneur group together. And he said, you know, Tarek's, you know, doing these speaking engagements. You should really work with him. And I was like, this was September of 2016. And I was like, I don't even have a contract. I'm writing my invoices on like a Word document. Like, it sounded exciting, but I was just like, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it right. And I was like, I'm just not ready. And I was a little probably like overwhelmed with everything I was trying to figure out at the time. I had a company name and a logo, and that was basically it. And then... In January of 2017, he looked at me and he said, you're ready. And I was like, I am ready. And then so I called Tarek and we had a meeting. And I said, if you like working with me in six months from now, you have to go exclusive with me. And he's like, OK. And I think he he just didn't look back. And now I, I feel like I'm, I'm one of his closest like confidants. And now I'm also like I sit on the advisor board of Peace by Chocolate. And I work on a lot of like partnerships in Peace by Chocolate and and booking Tarek for various speaking engagements and working on things like with the film and PR and stuff like that. Everything kind of related to the company because it's still a small business, but a very rapidly, rapidly growing business. So there's still, you know, you don't have it's not like a big team of, you know, executives working on all this stuff. It's yeah. like it's pretty grassroots what mm-hmm. we're doing, but it's. Which is all the more inspiring, really. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, totally inspiring. Not to, you know, plus all of the history of their story before even becoming entrepreneurs. I mean, that's a whole other episode, but yeah, so it, fascinating that you work closely with this family in that way. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And our sisters started doing some speaking and, 
you know, it's just it's a really just really interesting business. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of I feel like I have a lot of connections to the family in a way like they live in Antigonish. I went to university at St. of X in Antigonish and my dad was from there. So I spent every summer we visited Antigonish growing up and, you know, they fled to Lebanon um, when they left Syria as refugees. And like my family that I grew up with is Lebanese. Like I was raised in the Lebanese culture in Newfoundland. So that was who all my family Didn't know were. any of this about yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. T- like, tell us about that. <laughs> so my grandmother, uh, my mom's parents, my grandmother was a war bride. She met my grandfather, who's Lebanese. Um, his father came over um, like as a stowaway from Lebanon and was in an arranged marriage. She came over from Lebanon. So they were both Lebanese, they start. They had a business as well. My great grandfather, he had like a billiards club, and um, and then so all my family in Newfoundland are all Lebanese. Like, because my dad's from Nova Scotia, and except for my grandmother, it was English. Um, yeah, that's how. Like, so everything, like all my cousins and stuff, like everybody's Lebanese. So that was Did you just... spend your childhood in Newfoundland then? Yeah, I grew up. Oh. Yeah, I was. I grew up in Newfoundland. I went to St. Evex when I was, when I graduated. And that's New... what brought you to Nova Scotia and you've been here since. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My mom lived in Halifax for a few years when she was like a young woman and we used, she worked with the airlines. So we used to come to Halifax like a lot. Yeah. Because remember like back in the day when people worked at the airlines, you'd travel for like $20 or something like that yeah. on a plane. Yeah. Your check bag so, costs oh, yeah. more than that now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we'd come over to Halifax all the time, and I loved it. And then I went to university and then moved to Halifax, and then I've been here ever since. Well, it sure feels like you have owned this city for a <laughs> lifetime, my friend. And it's it's funny you use the language about speaking with Tarek, and like after this, it's going to be exclusive. And that just sums up your confidence. I feel like you were born to do this kind of work. And I, I wanted to ask about if that is just who you are if that's naturally your personality like you just show up with so much confidence and conviction people listen to you right (laughs) yeah they do I don't I don't I I don't know you know I think I've just always been like that I've been independent I've been a leader you know um it's just kind of I've always just surrounded myself with really good people always been big on building relationships and yeah, I think sometimes you just kind of you find your way and that's just I guess. But that kind of commanding a room is I don't think something you can teach to someone like people admire that attribute in you. But I don't think it's something that you can just learn. You you either have that way about you or you mm-hmm. don't. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Were you raised to to present and show up that way or oh, are yeah. you kind of like the black sheep of the family. No, I was raised. You just you show up that way. Like my family was very involved in our town. Like we grew up in a small town. Um, my grandfather used to be the mayor of the town before I was born. Um, you know, and he was a bit. Everybody knew my grandfather in. Well, everybody knew my grandparents really in the town. They lived in the middle of town. Like they were just everybody knew who they were. Albert Bolus's granddaughter. You know, and my dad was a you know school principal and you just you, there was just certain expectations of you that that that's how it was and my sister is um well i think we're both very different people we're both we have a lot of the same similar traits like you can tell we're raised by the same people mm-hmm. um she has a kind of similar like she might say she's like oh, a little more in the background but she's like in a room she can hold her own that's she's sure. a force too yeah she is in her own way yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly. How did uh, growing up in a small town shape your kind of desire to to kind of go out on your own and start a business? Because we're both from small towns ourselves, and we, we had a few people on who grew mm-hmm. up in small towns. And I kind of find that there was a common thread of everyone being in these little places and great communities and great people but there's a, this desire for something more to kind of see a bit of the world or just oh, yeah. get out there and just see see what else there is, you know, beyond the the town limits. Uh, did that is that something that influenced you? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you know, I loved growing up in Newfoundland. Like my Newfoundland pride is like very very yeah. strong, and you know, we grew up 
in a nice little town on a lake, you know, like called Deer Lake. And it was it's a very nice community. Um, I love to get to go back to visit. I haven't been back very much um, in the last like decade or so. But um, but I was always going to leave. There was no it's like I'm going to university and I'm like I'm not living here. Like that was just like it was an enjoyable place and to grow up. And but that was it. Like there was just never a doubt in my mind that. And I think even for my parents, like there was never like, oh, are you going to come home? Like, no, no. Like. My, our girls are gonna go like we both left at 17 like we were really young we went to university and um and then eventually my parents and my grandparents everybody ended up moving to Halifax yeah. which is amazing that the whole family could be here but you know I think it's a, a really great thing to grow up in a small town and um but it's like to live there I just can't and I love visiting little towns when we go on trips and stuff you know I love Hubbard's I love you know, Lunenburg, all those types of little places. But I, when I go home there, I'm like, oh my God, I just, I could just never live here. Mm -hmm. I just need more things around or, you know, but great. We're kind of like that too. And share the appreciation of other people's small towns. Mm -hmm. I like the, I don't know, they're just quaint and friendly and charming, all these things. And but to spend your life could feel a little suffocating for especially when you have, yeah, energy and the network yeah. that you have here. Yeah. And you could I couldn't really do what I do. I definitely could not do what I do there. It's just not as not just just not as much of that going on. Yeah. Like, you know, event wise and stuff like that. There. Yeah. How did the pandemic uh, impact your business or impact you? Oh. <laughs> well, on the business it was abysmal basically i mean it was a horrendous couple of years like on from a sales perspective but it was also just a lot of you know people keep saying oh you must love having stuff to do again it was like i was doing stuff every day like danielle that works with me like we we were constantly we had to constantly figure things out like every day and i know everybody did from a pandemic perspective how to live your life but you know, we had like a ton of contracts of events and how do you navigate that? Like, you know, what do you do? Do you postpone and do you refund people money? Like, what do you do exactly? And it was constant. Like every day was we were doing stuff like we didn't have. I wouldn't say we had the same restful time that a lot of people did because we were just constantly trying to figure things out. And, you know, you rebook a thing and people didn't know it was going to go on, obviously, for as long as it. Yeah, we'll push this ahead by two weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 57 times. Yeah, it's like, you know, book things. (laughs) Oh, let's rebook over the fall. Let's rebook over next year. Let's rebook over the year after that. You know, like there's events that we like helped plan, like like our part of the event like three times like some of them we get out like oh thank god that's gone off the books now like it's book that in 2019 it's 2022 like finally it's <laughs> happening you know wild yeah it was it was a wild ride but thankfully you know we've done very well this year and i think i like attribute a lot of that to we also spent a lot of time like building relationships with people like a lot of like the event planners and, you know, people in the hospitality industry and music industry and just like, what do we do here? What are you guys doing? How are we figuring this out? You know, and you kind of look to different people of like how they're making decisions on how they're dealing with stuff and kind of adapt it to your own business and what, you know, you feel makes sense and what's right, and what's a good idea, and what's a bad idea, you know, things like that. It's always evolving. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I find that as a as a musician, like the pandemic hit and it was, okay, what can we do to adapt? Like mm-hmm. it's adapt or die. It's either try to transition into live streams and just keeping people's attention a different way. And your job, like you said, you're on the phone with a different issue every mm-hmm. every day there's something you're figuring out so there's a lot of a lot of troubleshooting there there was yes and well there, there is all the yeah. time but there oh yeah the pandemic was i mean obviously like no one had experienced it before so you just didn't know 
what was going to happen. Yeah, I think if we knew it was going to be two years, we probably <laughs> would have been like, know what? Let's just take a couple weeks off. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. just give ourselves because we were like that, too. You hear from a lot of people that they were bored or oh my God, yeah, like no. that did not exist in this house either. No. And in hindsight, yeah, I almost wish we had done a little bit more of that, knowing that things are full blown all over Gonna again. Happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're right back where we started somehow. <laughs> we learned nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know. I feel like it's different, though. I still feel like we're still, I feel like different than I did in 2019. I just think it's a different, yeah. I'm in a little like bit. Like you personally? Yeah, Okay. personally. And I think on the business side of things, too, I think. We're a little more, um, I'm a pretty decisive person, but I've said I've gotten even more decisive on like decisions of things or people we want to work with or, you know. That. Are you finding with booking, and I ask this just because we've heard this, you know, murmuring amongst the entertainment industry that it's people are either full blown, just starving to say, go to a rock show and be with their friends and party and sweat and breathe on each other. And the other half of people are like, I'm probably not going to leave my house for another year. Has yeah. that impacted? Like, are you seeing that? And has that impacted your your business? I'm definitely seeing that. Um, how people are choosing to spend their time and stuff like that. But I don't really find that's impacted our business in a negative way at all. I would say the only thing I've seen is um, on a rare okay, we we do we do pr promote like a handful of events a year that like are ticketed, and we do those with close people that we work with. And um, I do find so I'm you know I just you know you watch ticket sales or you have a client that's you know selling tickets and. I find the ticket sales have been very slow, um, no matter what client it is or artist it is. Like a lot of them are kind of slow right now because I think people have a lot of choice and they're mm. choosing to spend their money in a certain way or they've already got so got tickets that they're still, you know, things that have been rescheduled that they've already invested right. in. Yeah, I hadn't thought of either of those things as being reasons. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And you've kind of had like, yeah, shows where maybe they weren't selling a ton of tickets and then the last day it sells out. Yeah, it's a lot of people just like you said, just there's a hesitancy out there. Yeah. Like uh, myself personally, as soon as they said you don't have to wear a mask, I, I'm I'm fine without a mask and kissing strangers, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was and a lot of other people like I'm waiting you know i'm i'm waiting till a few few months after they say this i don't really want to go out i want to just kind of see how it all plays out and i think yeah just it's fine whatever way people want to go about it i i just felt like a lot of people were, were similar to me they just felt like they were just limited for so long and mm -hmm. once once those restrictions restrictions were gone it was just Let's let's go. Well, even talking about the Matt May show, I remember last summer you opened and everyone had to still receded, stay in their seats, yeah. which was like torture yeah. at oh, that yeah. kind of event. Like people were vibrating in their chairs. And oh, this yeah. year, oh my god, <laughs> everyone out. made up for it. Yeah, they really, really did. We were like at the front, just rocking out. So, Steph, I think we first met maybe at a music week. Like in Nova okay. Scotia Music Week many yep. moons ago. Mm -hmm. And you've been attending these events and many more for years and years and years and mm -hmm. been surrounded by all kinds of creative people, all kinds of artists. I want to ask you, because while you might not be a traditional artist in what we might understand, like a painter or a singer, you've been exposed to all the things and mm -hmm. all the people. I'd like to hear kind of your... <laughs> observations do you see any commonalities any themes any personality traits like what are what are you kind of on looking is the culture of an artist are we all alike are we all different like i'd just love to hear your feedback and i know it's kind of a big question so i'll let mm. you run with it how you wish okay i don't think they're all are all artists are alike at all like 
I I think there's probably some common traits that you see. Um, but I think in going back to like how I love like the business side of things, I think there are you can see the people who have you know, I know art is art and da, 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 but like art is also like a business and you can see the people who understand that their art is a business and and it can be art for the sake of art. But you can see the people who the things that they do and the way that they look at things and, you know, the way that they put together whatever it might be like their branding or, you know, their show posters or their the way they've designed their um, like album like jackets and things like that and or how they've designed their merch or something you know like you can see the ones that really like stick out and who are like in it to win it for real and they're talented people there's a lot of talented people but then there's like talented people who also understand the business behind the music industry and just focusing on it in on art from the music industry side of things mm-hmm. um I I just find you can see the people who really like understand that and they understand how to network and who to network with and, you know, how to have conversations with people for different reasons and and what they talk about. And then, you know, the people who like you can see them like building relationships with key people and key people doesn't mean that they're important people they are just key people to that person's like life or you know, mm-hmm. that often comes up in business advice that the personal touch I've even heard, uh, like rather than responding to an Instagram message, typing it out to send a voice recording and oh, yeah. something that's a just a simple, you know, it's the same message, same words that you're using. But hearing your voice can make the recipient of that feel more seen. And mm-hmm. yeah, it creates that relationship. It's like a handwritten note. Yeah. Like just dropping paper a airplane. note card. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Paper airplane. Just dropping a note card in the in the mail or, you know, at their desk or whatnot. What about how important would you say is passion in an artist from your observation? Oh, I think it's like very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think because I think that's the passion of like the whole thing, the whole package. Are you here to just write songs and play and see what happens? Or are you here to like write songs and perform and like dig in and like figure out how do I make a career out of this? Yeah. And I think that can be part of the scary thing of entering entrepreneurship. If this isn't something like, Mike, you've kind of been an entrepreneur as long as you can remember. I mean, whether Mm -hmm. or not you've been thinking about it in that way as a musician, like you're first and foremost a musician, sure. But You've been at this for years and years, whereas me being a new entrepreneur, you get caught up in you get in your head about things like networking and marketing and, okay, well, I'm I'm a passionate artist, but am I the rest of these things that I think are required to be successful? Mm -hmm. So I think stuff like you having just worked with so many people and seen so many people take a different path to Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship as an artist, like it's got to be harder for some people to achieve that full package. Like, well, it for sure. And I think, you know, drive comes out of it. And I think talent also. Like, yeah. I mean, the reality is like you write a hit, you know, how you want to be successful, then you write a hit song, you know, like mm-hmm. it, that that is what helps to bring the success or you sell out, you know, venues. And and you can also see some people just have a natural ability of it too and a natural ability of like building relationships and you know they understand kind of how to do that and it's they understand it but it also just comes by naturally so people are drawn to them and and they're drawn to other people and just like those connections and relationships just build from that can a shy person do you think have that same kind of success? Oh God, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, it's not about being outgoing. It's just about. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of shy people who have, um, you know, good relationships with a lot of people. Yeah, love it. But I think, like you said, I think it all comes down to having that passion for it, because talent only gets you so far. If you don't care about what you're doing, you're not going to do all the other little things. Like if you're 
passionate about what you do and your career, you're going to do the extra little pushes when they're necessary. And I've seen amazing, whatever, guitar players, singers, songwriters who just don't have the the passion. And I, I'm kind of combining passion and drive as almost the mm-hmm. same thing because mm-hmm. I think they are interchangeable. Because if you, if you have drive, you're likely going to have passion, I guess. Yeah. But I feel like as long as you're able to want it and want that to be your life, you're, you'll figure out the things you have to do. And you're, you're not going to create fake relationships to, to get to the next level, but you, you'll, you'll, and you're not going to go looking for them, but you're going to be doing things that, that just kind of let them come out naturally. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you're in the zone, if you're, if that's what you want, you're like, okay, well, okay. If I have to put up posters, I got to go print them. They're free at music Nova Scotia. So then you're going to get to know people there. Like mm-hmm. it's not, you're not in, in you're not intentionally like, oh, I got to go meet the people at music Nova Scotia. No, it's like just by doing the things you do, mm-hmm. you create relationships mm-hmm. and Again, I don't think you have to be outgoing. You can be shy, like you said. Mm-hmm. And those relationships are still going to form around that in different ways. Even anytime that we go out and watch a live show, you're connecting with somebody that you've met before or a friend that you didn't know was going to be there and you're strengthening that bond every time. So yeah, all of that adds up. And going going to shows, I think, is a very important. That That's one of the things like when... Cause random people call like my phone number all the time and you know i'll take a few minutes and yeah, like, chat do. with them Ow. yeah <laughs> and uh but people ask like what can i do and i'm like you should go to shows like you need to go to shows yeah it's if a great you, tip. if you're a if you're an emerging artist in particular because i've met with also a lot of students like especially like through nscc and that sort of thing and i'm like you gotta go to shows you'll eventually meet the people like yeah and I think that's so important. It's the same as going attending like Music Week or ECMAs or whatever. If you live in this region, it's not very big. And and, you know, it's just trying to find the time like it, you know, they happen like once a year. So finding the time to go attend, go do the things that, you know, just see who you are connecting with, see who you meet, like yeah. go to all the things that you can go to because that's where all the people are, Yeah, you know. You have such a strong social network. Yeah. You're one of the few women, especially I know, that has a, a consistent friend group. Mm-hmm. And at this age, like we're in our 40s and often those friends and it is quality over quantity. I, I do believe that. Yeah. But like, how does that shape your life? I mean, well, my best friend has been my best friend since we were 14. Like she moved into my neighborhood like I bought a house and then like a few years later she bought a condo like literally like four minute walk down the road from me one of my other best friends she moved one block away from me like we have a huge um group of girls and friends and stuff that live in in our neighborhood and it's funny that you say that because I get messages on social media a lot from people women that like I know or have met through you know, through my life, through different connections. And they, you wouldn't believe how many messages I get that people say, wow, your group of friends are unreal. Like I live vicariously through you. I don't see that very often. Like I'm kind of jealous of your friend group. Like your girls are like, it's rare. Yeah. I have goosebumps. So you can see just hearing you talk about it. It's so special. It's so special. You know, like we we just plan to do things together and um you know like it's you know you live once so it's like you try to do these fun experiences and does it come down to just nurturing that is it just putting energy in because oh, yeah. you, you're getting these messages from people with envy so yeah. how do you, like what's your what's the secret sauce to maintaining that kind of friend group um i think honestly a lot of it is like just being very much your authentic self like very there's no fakeness going on with my group of friends and just being very honest and just being yourself and like just being totally accepted as who you are and you know 
every now and then someone does something stupid and you're just like, oh, my God, sorry, I'm an idiot. And then you just like move on from mm-hmm. there, you know. And but I, I do think like just being that like just trying to be as authentic as possible and doing the fun things you all want to do. And but I still think it's still relationships. You still have to like nurture them and stay connected and, you know, cheer each other on or support each other when there's like bad times. And I think that that's obviously the like the kind of the bond that kind of keeps us all. Yeah, I'm thinking so this past weekend is a prime example of your generosity. You and Danielle hosted 25 women on a yacht in Halifax. Like we'll spare the listeners the details, but safe to say it was magic, incredible, Mm -hmm. so much fun. But I remember you making a comment, probably not even thinking about it uh, at that party about one of the the women in your friend group kind of needed this. Like they kind of needed a little bit of a break or some fun. And Mm -hmm. you like that was part of your decision making about timing and what the event was going to be. And I just thought to myself how how kind that was. But also it was just so natural to you that it wasn't about like, I'm going to do this kind thing. It was just being in tune with that person, in tune with your friends and being supportive to them. And Yeah, it just got me thinking about, yeah, there's so many women that wish that they had that. But how willing are you to put that kind of work and consideration into friendships? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you have to ask yourself that question. If this is something you're lacking, what are you doing about it? Yeah, exactly. And I would say that, you know, I think to that party, I think as it was as it developed, I think everybody needed that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that like everybody needed that i think that was something and that was the messages that i got like oh thank you my god like thank you so much for that like i so needed that like and i think that it is like just such a nice thing to be surrounded by like a really good group of women and women like there is something very special but like women all together at an event no men i know there the men there was men working like they were like we said they were very like attentive attentive and they stand (laughs) but they they served their purpose and they just kind of like like you know served what we needed done and um but it's it's very fun because a couple people said like my god i hadn't been to a party was only women in so long especially that big group you know and i just think yeah people just they all a lot of people just really needed to let loose and just really just enjoy themselves and the people around them and their surrounding we do things as women but it's like going to this yoga retreat or Mm -hmm. you know it's very it's almost promoted because you're a woman you come to this thing Mm -hmm. but this was like let's just party like us yeah exactly (laughs) we definitely did (laughs) how do you find that with men like is it the same kind of I don't know, challenge as you get older to maintain a male friend group, or has it just always been different? Uh guys like to get together to to do things, but they're not often just sitting around having big deep conversations or just whatever, watching a hockey game or right. something, you know? Yeah. Like it's not they're not as kinda open as females are. Like that's obviously a a known thing, a stereotype that guys yeah. don't communicate as much, but it seems like girls get together and they're sharing their their deepest, darkest stories. They really do. Like they go deep, you know. Like people will, they'll talk about all kinds of things and yeah. you know, sharing like feelings and stuff, and it's just like or like desires and wants and all those kinds of fun things, you know. Like it's it's therapeutic. Yeah. Like I imagine like that's going to be hard, though, as a man to feel like, do you feel like you just don't have that or that it just is not comfortable to communicate in that way with um, other men? Oh, I, I I'm, it exists for sure. But I think it's just guys naturally aren't as communicative about mm-hmm. things like that. I think it's mm-hmm. some people, some guys are a, a fair bit and but most are just whatever, just roll through life and. <laughs> Stay yeah. in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's whatever. If it, if it works for you, it's great. What do you do, Steph, for 
kind of downtime or maybe mindfulness? Like what what's your practice look like to stay grounded? Um, I do. I mean, obviously, like time with my girlfriends, that's like a huge, huge thing. Um, I'm really into uh, cooking. Like I love food mm-hmm. and I love cooking and discovering like how to make new things. I did a lot of that over the pandemic and shared a lot of that over social media. And I got a, I actually connected with a lot of people um, in the pandemic through our cooking because I would do little cooking lessons because uh, Danielle and I lived together at that time. And we would make a lot of different recipes of new things because we had the time to do it. And there, obviously there wasn't a lot else to do. And we're both good cooks, so it was, like, fun to explore that sort of thing. Um, and I think, you know, like, I I definitely do, like, yoga. I work out, you know, like, all those kind of, like, um, healthy living type things. I think that's what helps keep me kind of grounded mm-hmm. and, like, um, you know, various different those sorts of activities. And just, like, I don't know, my house is, like, my sanctuary, so I just like to do things in my home and around my home and the castle the castle which you've been doing a lot of work on this year i have yeah Yeah, i've been doing renovations are you finished your projects that you have in mind no we are you know the supply chain demand you know scenario price tags yeah everything everything is everyone's just delayed like i have some things booked to be done and i'm very excited about it and uh I'm, but it's just delayed. But I know, like, you know, I've paid my deposits and all those sorts of things, and they'll happen. And I don't feel I live there by myself. So I'm, I, I don't, I actually kind of am happy that they've moved at a slow pace. So I don't have everything going on all at once because I would find that like just yeah. a little chaotic. Yeah. It makes your living space like you kind of feel oh, it yeah. too when your house is in chaos, especially if it's, yeah, Big your time. sanctuary. Like, yeah. And I have like, my house is like, well, from what the, when my what the people see in my house i won't tell you what my attic looks like because that's Mm. chaos but Uh everything is like has a place and everything's in its place and you know but so during a reno like everyone's been through it it's just like there's you know there's just like a lot going on so i'm glad it's kind of been like at a slower pace so that i can kind of you know not feel as much of the chaos but i i mean that's something that i very much enjoy just even like picking out all the you know, all the elements and all the materials and everything. Like, I've designed everything, but, like, somebody else has been building it and actually doing the labor part of it because I don't have that skill yeah. set. Um, But I love that. Like, I and I've lived there now for about 15 years. So just, yeah, 15 years this year. Um, But just, uh, you know, picking out all the things that I've lived there so long that I just know how I want things and how I want them to look or how 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 I use a room and you know those sorts of yeah. things so I just I love that I'm just kind of making an observation now uh I I've always seen you as one of the best people I've ever met at bringing other people together mm-hmm. and that's Apparent with the party you had with the on the yacht, like that sounds pretty fancy when I say that. Like, <laughs> it, was. it was. It was uh, Sylvester Stallone's yacht, wasn't it? Awesome. Uh, <laughs> but and like, at the Shore Club, um, you your place is kind of ground zero. There's yeah. always an after party. You're yeah. uh, every five minutes you're coming out with a different snack, <laughs> and like there's just friend groups from just all over the place that meet there. Yeah. And with your work, like booking entertainment, booking public speaking, comedians, you're creating events that bring people together as well. Mm-hmm. Like you're, I think you have the perfect kind of traits as just a person. Like what what you do in your everyday life kind of transfers into what your job is. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect match, it seems. Yeah. I mean, I love the party, right? So <laughs> I and I love when people are together. Like I really enjoy that. Like I love that time in Hubbard's of where all these people like there was like a couple of my girlfriends I really hadn't seen. They'd been doing other things all summer and I really hadn't really spent any time with them for a couple of months until we got there that week. And it's funny because the group kind of has started to grow and grow 
the last, especially over the last few years, like you can kind of start seeing or like one of the girls comes and the next year her boyfriend comes too. And then he comes for a beach day and now he's staying for two or three nights. And, yeah. you know, and the group, but the group is so good that it's like, that's the other thing I love about it. It's like, you know, good people come together. It's just good times. And that's what I love about that. I think is just like a really good, you know, scenario of like how that how yeah how you bring people together and and how to just like enjoy it and you invite certain people along because you know they will get it and you know like um dave sampson and his partner came this year and dave and i have been like working on a bunch of stuff together over the last like couple of years and he's one of my neighbors and you know i see each other like pretty regularly and i was like you know we have a room because Danielle was going home early and there was a couple of rooms that came up. I was like, do you guys want to come? Because I said, I think you will really love it. And he was like, OK, 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 let's make sure, you know, like Marcy's good with it. And I talked to her and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm in. And then like they came and like they was like going to come for two nights. And Dave's like, well, maybe I'll come a night early. And then they end up staying for three. So he's there like four nights. And like next year, he's like, oh, well, I'm going to need to get my own cottage next yeah. year. Like I am in, you know, mm -hmm. like. And I think you just kind of pick out the people that, like, make sense that are going to, like, fit into the vibe of and they'll understand what's going on. And and then, yeah, you just bring them into the fold and then they, you know, they're going to love it. Do you kind of feel like you're the captain of this ship? Like, is this? I, I <laughs> we all do. I know. Yeah. I do think that people feel that way way because i hear that maybe you don't lot. want that I responsibility yeah, I, don't know if I want the responsibility <laughs> like sometimes two weeks off and... yeah but it's like it's just somebody's kind of got to do it and i've just kind of naturally it just sort of happens that way but it, it's also it's like but again you invite the right people along that you don't have to feel like you know you're in charge and all this stuff like they're just like mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah we know what to do like i remember last year we were all out swimming and we had like um, we were all swimming. There must have been, my God, must have been 10 of us out swimming in the water. And like, okay, Stephanie, can you tell us our jobs for the night, please? And then I just tell them all their jobs. And Put then, it on the whiteboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's like, and there's one of the girls like, you know, there's like 25 people coming to dinner. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to be fine. They're like, okay, tell us our jobs. And I tell them the jobs. <laughs> and literally I told everybody like, you know, what we needed done. And I didn't have to say anything when we got back to the cottage. It was like, people just went and did their thing. And then, like, it just comes together like a little symphony, if you will, you know? Yeah. And it's just, like, people are eating, people are done, it's cleaned up. I didn't, you know, I got to enjoy myself just as much as everybody else. And Do you ever get to be on the receiving end of that, or would you want to be? Like, do you feel like it's reciprocated for you, like, that, that sort of planning and effort put in? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I handle it well on a larger scale, so yeah. it's just sometimes easier for me just to, like be the captain i guess the <laughs> yeah. leader like and i'm just naturally like that and people look to me to be that way and i don't it's fine like i'm just especially when it's a group of friends you know like in that scenario it's just like easy but i'm also like that when i work on site too at stuff and i'll just show up and if things are not how i've ordered them to be then because i need when my talent shows up they need I'm when my client shows up, it's got to be a certain way. So mm -hmm. I will just yeah. start requesting in a very, you know, direct manner. And uh, I, I've done that like just recently because I arrived on site at a very, very large scale event and things were not ready. And I was like, OK, get this, get this, get this. And like people like just hop to it and it was it was done. But they also knew that, you know, she knows what she's talking about. So yeah. let's get it done. And it was always the right call and i'm polite about it but i'm direct about it because just just that's how this is the business that we're in yeah you know yeah tell us about the big shiny tunes event that you did this year like was that for fun or like oh yeah yeah okay that was totally for fun <laughs> this is what you do on the side yeah because uh again this was like a dave sampson thing and i we because you know when you're a, an artist you can only have so many plays a year and we 
I was like, you really need to do like you could do another thing, you know, and I was like trying to get him to do a Shania Twain tribute. I was like, can you imagine you singing like whose bed if your boots been under or whatever? Like it'd be so funny. And I, he goes, how do you feel about big shiny tunes? And I was like, oh, now you're talking. Mm. And we, we were like, OK, we just have to find a really good band leader. And um, and then we can go from there because we knew we could get the talent like the musicians to sing, like the artists to sing. We knew that was going to be we could find a ton of options, obviously, of who could do it. And so we called Mike Farrington, the bass player and the Melatones. I said, I think he'd be really good at it because he's a really good band leader. And Dave goes, call Mike and ask him what his favorite Big Shiny Tunes album is and just see what his response was would be and then he goes and then go from there so i call him and say what's your favorite big shiny tunes album he goes two i said okay and then i went and he was like oh oh i'm in yeah and and then it was like it just snowballed from there and you know we got two bands and and we had two sets and we started calling like artists to perform like who wants to do who wants to do it and it was like it was amazing it was honestly well it was one of the first big like shows that people had really been to. Yeah, that's it true. It was in the spring this in year. May, it was in May. We were in Columbia. Mm. I missed it, sadly. Yeah. I remember working out some mornings after that show and I put the Big Shiny Tunes album on, <laughs> like living vicariously through how much fun I knew. Oh it my God. Been. <laughs> it was so fun. And I think too, like mm. the musicians that we picked, like Mike said, they all showed up rehearsal and he's like, they they knew their stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it was also like a respect thing that and like also like I'm not going to be the one that's like sleeping on this. Like, yeah, I can see who's who's in this room. I'm going to make sure I'm going to be really good. And the musicians were like the bands were so good. Like they played like it's just sounded just like the records. Like it was ridiculous. And then all the singers were just so fun and. You know, we we picked people that a lot, some of them had just met for the first time, like at that show. But the camaraderie was like incredible. I'd never, honestly, I don't know if I've ever worked at a show that people were like that in it to win it. And like so happy and it ran so smooth. And like we had a five hour sound check that afternoon and people were so happy. I was like, I have never seen this. This is like. Cause that's that's a grueling. That's this is a long day when the show is like you know a few hours too. Yeah, and, and you go do it again. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it was like, and we we ordered pizza for everybody, and you know everyone was like just hanging out and having fun. See you tonight, and they're all just so happy on stage. And it was honestly like it was one of the best things I've ever worked on in my life. So I fun. Loved, and it was literally just for fun. And like, it, but it feels like another example of that thing that. People didn't know they needed, but you did. Yeah. Like you just saw, had that vision. Yeah. People just had a blast. They really did. Like people, that was actually one of the things people like, I really didn't know that this is what I needed. Yeah. And it was so cool. Like everyone's singing at the top of their lungs. Like, oh my God, people sang every song. Like it was wild, like (laughs) a wild time. I think we'll, we're going to look at doing it again. I hope so. Yeah. What do you think that people need next? Speaking of what people need, is there anything um, on your radar that you're conspiring that you can share with us? I don't have anything like in that knee, but I will tell you I what I think this is probably going to like switch gears a little bit here. But I think that people um, need to they need to chill out a little bit. I think that we've been thrown back into this life again that is almost more intense than it was like i remember like coming off of 2019 and things were like oh my god like danielle and i were like oh my god we have not stopped like it was like we hit the road hit the road running in september 2019 and i was like oh my god like we were like straight on like it was so 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 busy and you know, obviously, a lot of it obviously slowed down and stuff through the pandemic. But now it's like I find people are like a little overwhelmed with everything that's going on. And the pace is like extremely fast paced. And I do think we got to find some, we've got to obviously keep 
the momentum and keep things all happening. But I think we've just got to figure out the pace a little bit better and maybe get things booked out a little bit farther instead of like such short timelines and turnarounds. And I think people are like finding it a lot to deal with. I know yeah. I am. I find it a lot. Well, and we've just experienced like all of us, some form of trauma, really, mm-hmm. like a couple of years of uncertainty and, you know, job loss, like whatever your personal experience was, mm-hmm. nobody was left unimpacted. And then we just kind of dive right back into what we once were, but we're all different now. Totally. And all the world is just different. And we're also like, say <laughs> sort of like we're not really dealing with a full deck at this point. Like yeah. I still feel yes. like everything's not available. Everyone is short-staffed. Everyone is still trying to, like, get their head back in the game. And, you know, or some things. I remember the first few events we did, I was like, oh, my God. Look, you're just, like, laughing. You're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that. Oh, yeah, I forgot to do that. You know, but, like, stuff you would never forget, but you're just getting back in the groove, which is totally fair enough. But now I just feel like, you're, you know, you're training a lot of new people, like, out in the world, like, in an event world, you know, we work with so many different suppliers and so they have huge teams of people, whether you're dealing with a venue or like a production company or catering companies or whatever, you're all in it at the same thing. You know, sure, there's usually one like main client or event planner or whatnot, but or promoter or something. But, you know, it's just I feel like there's just a lot that people are just still trying to like get back into and still the odd you know, COVID stuff like mm-hmm. that we've had to yeah, adapt it's not, to. It's not gone. No. no. As you know too well with yeah. a rescheduled show coming up this weekend. Yeah. yeah. It's there, but I don't know. I feel like mo- a lot of people are living like it's not there and in a good way. Like just oh, for kinda, sure. Kind of just like obviously still be careful with things, but uh, yeah. just. You got to you got to live your life. Oh, 100 percent. And yeah, it's not even about about getting the like, you know, getting COVID. It's just more about dealing with just all the extra little like aftermaths of it. Even though it's funny, like the summer we had to cancel a couple shows because people had COVID. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, I wasn't (laughs) thinking that I was going to have to do this. Yeah. Yeah, Like thinking you're past it. And then it's like, oh, three of the band members have COVID. You're like, oh, for God's sake. Like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you don't even think that's possible at this point. Yeah, you can't it's like exactly just a weird just, bad dream. We yeah, all exactly. Had. You're just like, oh, <laughs> we all just right. woke up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, okay, I guess. Yeah, well, you just but it's easier. I mean, I've learned to cancel or reschedule a lot of things. So yep. people you know. people accept it if it's canceled for, for they that accept reason, it more so, now. Yeah. It's just it's still hard to take. I think yeah. at times, but but anyway, it? Steph, this is this has been great. Uh, I get one one thing we we always ask um, our guests, and and it's it'll be interesting to hear from you. We ask about making it and what that means means to you. And a lot of the people we have on are artists, and so it's kind of a I want to play this stage or you know reach this sell this many paintings in a year, whatever it may be. Yeah. But you as a business owner, what what do you see as making it? And maybe you already have. Oh, no, I have not. I would not say that. I mean, I feel in some aspects of my life, like, you know, I've obviously I'm living life well. I love my life. Yeah. You know, I, business is good, all those sorts of things. I don't think I've, like, made it yet. I think that, um, you know, making it, I think, comes with a few things. Like, obviously, like, a little more financial independence. I think that's a, you know, that's just an obvious one. Like, you want to be able to you know, afford some nice things in life and not have to like worry about, you know, different financial situations and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I have, I have like some personal goals for like my business and, you know, that sort of thing. And I'll, I'll understand more of as they develop, they'll probably feel more like I've like made it once I kind of hit some of those goals. But I think it's also just a lot, um, you know, making anything else has a lot to do with like happiness and you know the confidence in like what you're doing and you know giving less fucks i guess if you will Mm -hmm. like because you know you still have to you know i still feel like i deal with that a lot and you know you dwell on certain things and figure things out but 
Um, you know, I think I hope to make it at some point in time of what I feel is my own personal. I'll know that. I don't think that there's any, you know, rule book of what that exactly means. But yeah. I think you'll just kind of know it in yourself when you're living life great and like you have some of those goals met and just reaching certain level of achievement on on certain things for your for yourself and in your in your business i guess and that's what i yeah well we're uh we're we're amazed by what you do and watching you just interact with people and just how you carry yourself is inspiring and amazing and yeah we're we're on your ship, uh, letting you uh, yeah. steer us. You're the trusted, trusted captain. Yeah. There's been, been so many people benefit staff from from you. I, I mean, just that's simply put, but uh, just who you are and what you share and your gifts. Like we're we're just so grateful to have you in our life, and so many other people are as well. So oh, thanks, thanks for your time today. And oh, just so nice to be here. You, yeah, love seeing you guys. It's so great. Well, let's book a yacht party where you invite some men too, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. make it fun. Maybe. And your cats. We, we forgot to mention your two cats. So oh, my cats. Uh, those follow. little sweethearts can come too. <laughs> yes, my little Maisie and Ruckus. Follow, follow along lo- online on Instagram. Yeah. And, and and where are you, like, should folks, are you accepting new clients? Should we direct them to uh, Vox yeah, Agency? I mean, or where can they reach out to you? Yeah, connect? you can find us at voxagency.ca and also on all of our social channels. And I mean, we have a roster of people we work with, but we also work with all kinds of people that are not on our website. And, you know, our goal is to work with good people. And, you know, that's the that are those are the people that we reach out to and the people that we connect with. And that's like the foundation of our business is is good people booked. Beautiful. Well, we recommend it. So we'll put all that info in the show notes and uh, people can reach out. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.